0: Hello and welcome to episode twenty-one of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. My name is Audrey, and I'm Cher. We are your Queen Bees. I feel like we should be drinking since it's episode twenty-one. Twenty fun. (laughs) Yeah, but But we are at your house, so we are at my house. It is very relaxing. It is relaxing. There's like so much more room to spread out. It's Mm -hmm. not oddly hot. Here, like, it is... I do have my thermostat turned up to 78 degrees, but... What? I, you would never know, because, no. like, I think my house just leaks heat everywhere. Yeah, it says that it's 76, but it doesn't even feel like that. Okay, well, I can't read it from here. But <laughs> <laughs> I did. Like, Brandon keeps it at 68, and legitimately, like, my hands are blue. <laughs> when I come home. Our Rachel and I have had our air conditioning on all winter, because what? if we turn our heat on even to, like, 69... It'll be 74 in the house. Why? I think it's because whoever lives below us must just crank their heat. And since we're on the fourth floor, it just must rise up. I think the reason why we leak so much heat is because I literally never, ever close those blinds right there. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm sorry. My violet needs light. Yes. So it also needs heat. That sacrifice. Yeah. So like when Brendan's home, my violet doesn't thrive like when he's gone. And that's because then you're in the heat up. <laughs> so you've got to do it for the plants, you know. My violet named Juliet. Perfect. So, um, it would been three days. It's since been three we days. We recorded our last episode. <laughs> yeah, this is my, and it's our third time seeing each other this week. I like, know. It's been a great week. It's so sociable. I know. This week. I know. I'm. Wait, when was the second time? We went to Happy Hour on Thursday. Right, we did. Okay. I yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Surfside. Yeah. I really liked the food that I got there. I yeah, no, it's taco. it's very good. Yeah. I also they do a frozen margarita there. Great. And they do a good job with it. Yeah. Hey. Some like I like it when they're in the Slurpee machine. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I feel like that's a good Quality. consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their beer is only six dollars no matter what you get. Oh. And it's like, it's not, that's not a happy hour price. That's just how much it costs, which is fair, I think, for beer. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's how it should be. I mean, it's not like a Pizza Paradiso where it's $9 for the fruity, like sour beer that I always get. I know. But that bartender was a true delight. At Pizza Birdie, so we yeah we had a delightful bartender with enormous gauges yes. and a great attitude, <laughs> and he like he was I, so knowledgeable. He was so knowledgeable. Helpful. He gave me like a free half beer since mm-hmm. it, like they had to replace it. Yeah, they had to replace the keg. He was attentive without being annoying. He, yeah, I mean, I just. I don't he was not judgmental of the fact that I knew literally nothing about beer at all. Yeah. He was like excited to educate you but not in a condescending mansplaining way. No. It was in He just wanted you to have a good experience. Yeah, and I I, like I basically (laughs) told him I like vinegar taste. And he was like, Okay, you'll probably like this. (laughs) um, Thank you. And I did. Yeah, he was he was a delight and the ear gauges were the only thing keeping me from turning my flirt face on. I don't know. I think you could get over it. You could probably sew those closed. No? <sighs> no, they were big. They, they were, were big. big ear gauges. Yeah. What is, may I ask, like, what is the, why do people have <laughs> those? Um, I don't know. Like, what's uh, the appeal? Except for, except for when it's cultural, which his were almost 100% not cultural. No. He was just he like was a hipster, a hipster white yeah. boy. no, 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 no. But I'm asking, like, why are those people getting them? Like, what is the allure? I don't know. It's I just, think it's just like, look at me. It seems like it would really hurt. How mm-hmm. do they put them in? Do they hole punch you? I don't know. You start small. But, like, you don't start where his were. Right, but so, like, do you start with, like, a hole punch hole? or yes. like? Oh. God. Yeah, you start you start with like a regular earring and then they put like the little gauge in, and then it's like you can get like a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And if you get like a smallish one, your ears will go back together, but the way his were, his ears would not go back together. They were stretched. I
1: don't and know. gauges
0: smell. What? Yeah, I know that from there was like what was that show? It was on like TLC or something. Where it was like basically kids who were lazy and bad, they would send them to farms to work, <laughs> to work hard. <laughs> this is not Scared Straight. This is <laughs> no, something it was different. Something else. And I remember this kid had gauges, and they like made them take him. The parents made them take the gauges out, and they all were like, put them back in. Oh my god, because sm- I, I guess it smelled so bad. But I don't think it's like his to smell. opening wound. His open I wounds think it was just ear. Like, no. <laughs> I think it was just, like, he probably doesn't, he, that boy probably didn't clean his gauges. I don't, I guess I just don't really understand what a gauge even is. It's just like a, it's like a circle that you just put in your, so instead of having an earring, you would put, like, that little hole, and then so you would have, like, a little hole in your ear. I don't like it. I mean, me neither. (laughs) Cher looks so distressed right now. I don't, so upset to know. (laughs) I don't like it. Okay, this was a pointful topic, so. <laughs> um, so, do you want to talk about your trip next week? You're, like, going to New York. I know. Tomorrow, which is why we're, um, well, when this episode comes out, I will be in New York. Because I'm still posting it Thursday anyway. Yeah. So. Um, so. But today is Saturday, so tomorrow I'm flying to New York to do training for my new job which is teaching the Google Expedition software to teachers and different school folk, Mm -hmm. which I'm excited about. The training is at the Google headquarters, which feels very important. I just can't wait to hear about the food that you're eating in that cafeteria. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I just have never traveled like this before, like, on a company's dime, so I'm just very nervous about all of those logistics. Because I am I am the type of person that's like, okay, so, like, I should definitely be trying to spend as little money as possible, and they've kind of, I mean, not that I'm going to be, like, balling out, right. but I'm going to check a bag. So I travel- <laughs> So I can bring shampoo. I <laughs> For sure. I travel, like, I wouldn't say I travel a lot for work, but I travel, You like, travel a bit. I travel, like, probably every other month. Yeah. Um, And they, like, our company has always said, like, if you wouldn't buy this yourself when you are on vacation, then you probably shouldn't buy it when you're on work's credit card. Right. However... Which, like, I will say, I have underspent my travel budget every single trip I've been on, and I'm like, well, I should be, like, getting dessert or something, because yeah you're also only allowed to get one alcoholic beverage. Like, I, that's one thing I probably <laughs> wouldn't do, is put, like, 12 beers on the tab. Yeah, and... that's what I, <laughs> I mean, feels, that feels wrong. But, but they do say you're allowed to have one beer with a meal. You're not allowed day? to have, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I would never... I do that. I do it. <laughs> yeah or your one alcoholic drink I usually get a cocktail unless they have a sour beer on the menu (laughs) um but yeah I I don't have a or my next work trip is at the end of the month at Mm. the end of March so nice yeah um let's see what else um I've been watching a lot of Backstreet Boys music videos (laughs) and holy crap like after we record this, I'm going to throw up the Everybody music video onto my TV so we can fully <laughs> enjoy it. It's, it's something else. It's a else. Halloween special. It's a Halloween special. They do, like, some partner dancing that's Perfect. very chaste oh, that wow. I enjoy. Um, Nick, you know, eh, he's, like, the most ridiculous role in the whole yeah. thing. I don't know. They're all different monsters, right? He's a mummy. Yeah. It it's just like is How not boring. I know. Yeah, he's a mummy. Brian is a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Howie is a vampire. And literally every time Howie, Howie should be the werewolf. Every time Howie comes on though, I'm like, who is that? Like, <laughs> like cause he looks different in everything. Like I'm like what? Howie. Wow. Yeah. AJ is like Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. which I'm like, that's not a monster. That's just a person with a with a facial injury, <laughs> you jerks. <laughs> um, they ran out of monsters. And then Kevin is like, it, he like has a half maybe reptile. F- I don't really know what he is. He also has glasses. Oh, no, you know what he is? He's Dr. Drekkel and Mr. Hyde. Um, but it, it was it's not very literary. Not well executed, but that's, that's who he is. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, do we know how our poll ended up? I think Backstreet Boys won. We did a and versus Backstreet So when I checked, it was 50-50. Poll. Oh, shit. Um, I'll look it up. Let's do it. It might not be on there anymore. I was very interested. I felt as though the people that voted for Backstreet Boys, or that were like bigger fans of Backstreet Boys, I felt like they must have been more mature as children. Because it was like, clearly you appreciated something a little less flashy. Yeah. I mean, I think now that, I guess now I'm sort of, like, more interested in the Backstreet Boys, but I think that's mostly because I, I don't know, they're more cohesive, mm-hmm. I think. Like, NSYNC was definitely more leading man-centric, mm-hmm. and, like, but Backstreet Boys, like, even how he gets a time to shine, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, you don't see Lance soloing. Yeah. I'm going to have to make us a featured story so that I can see it, and then I'll delete it. (laughs) Because I don't know who won. Um, So, Backstreet Boys won 58% to 42%. Okay. What was the vote count? Seven for Backstreet Boys, five for NSYNC. Oh. And two, and we both voted for insane yeah. So. So. I mean. Because I, yeah, I vote in those polls. Why, I care? Should, why I shouldn't, care? shouldn't I care about the results. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me I voted too. in the poll of which house should Audrey be in? Yeah. I think I did not. I think I wanted to see, you know, mm-hmm. the truth. I, I, I mean, we, I voted in the poll about you as well. Yeah. But I felt like that was more appropriate. Yeah. But I mean... But I, I like I think I was also at a point where I just didn't know. Yeah. You know, I was questioning. I, I was questioning my identity <laughs> and um, everyone set me straight and told me I was a Ravenclaw. So that's good. I was going to use that questioning your identity to transition into call me by your name, but then I got uncomfortable with doing it when you said they set me straight. <laughs> 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 I was like, No, I won't do it. Nope. Now. <laughs> no, nope, I ruined that's bad. it. I ruined it. <laughs> so um, let's see, is there anything else new from the last two days? Um, no. I got a cleaning person, so my house is really clean. It does look nice. Um, yeah. They even, like, put new sheets on my bed. Hey. I, like, climbed in last night and was just like, this is all I ever, That is very This cozy. is all I want. I need to change the sheets in my bed. I, in general, like, I need to do a room clean. My closet, you can't really see the floor. I need to keep returning shoes home because I mm-hmm. just- did you ever see the old closet in my old apartment? Like Yes. Yes. So it was like a full walk-in, like, yeah. like a hallway almost. Yeah. This one is half the size of it. And so oh. I ended up having to like, like there, I don't have any place for my shoes. So I don't know. I, it's just been a real bummer, to be honest. <laughs> I need a dresser. I don't have one. I have one, Brendan has, he takes up the whole thing, but that's, it's fine though, because I take up the entire closet. He he doesn't have anything in our closet. That's fair. So, it turned out fine. (laughs) God bless. Brendan's gone for six weeks, so I'm, like, afraid that our house is broken into every day. Mm -hmm. Our cleaner's left my door unlocked, and I, like, texted him, I was like, hey, can you please never, I had also texted him two times to be like, make sure you lock the door on your way out, and he's like, we will, and then I came home and the door's unlocked, I'm like, look, listen, like, you got to lock the door. I am alone here for weeks. And I don't want to be thinking somebody's living in my attic. Did you say that you were alone? He knows I'm alone because he's been, like, Brendan was like, I'm gone for the next six weeks. So, like, you think they're going to come in? He doesn't have his own key. Wow. I leave it under the mat. It'll be fine, Audrey. (laughs) Well, I don't want to scare you, but it does seem like a plot of the movie. I I trust him. (laughs) He he came to me through a recommendation. I'm not worried about it, yet, But um, I listened to, like, the last couple of My Favorite Murders have been really good. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm looking forward to maybe you getting caught up on your trip. Yeah, I haven't listened in a while. Yeah. So. I'm so behind on some of my other podcasts that. What other podcast do you have? Like, I feel like that's the only podcast that I wait with, like, bated breath. Yeah, but I, like, My Favorite Murder is one that I listen to a lot when I am traveling, like, because it's a good driving podcast, Mm -hmm. so sometimes I do wait for trips, and, like, I do the same thing with West Wing Weekly. Okay. Or those two, like, might be my favorite podcasts, but I listen to them... I don't like listening to – especially I don't like listening to My Favorite Murder when I'm working because I feel like you have to pay attention to what's going on. That's fair. Otherwise, I'm like, wait, I don't – I couldn't tell you one damn thing about that story that Karen just told. Yeah. So our podcast comes out on the same day Um, as My Favorite Murder. And so, like, that's, like, a really good podcast day for me because I have My (laughs) Favorite Murder to listen to and ours, of course, for quality control. Quality Um, control. (laughs) Not just, you know, ego – Ego, mania, narcissism. Yeah. When I was walking to meet you and our other friends for happy hour, I was listening to our podcast on the way there. It's like, what narcissism? I'm like going to meet up with Cher so that we can hang out and <laughs> listen to us talking on the way. Well, I mean, just keep me in your pocket, Audrey. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's quality control. It's quality control, yeah. But it's also, so it's quality control, but it's also, um, It's also make Audrey feel better about the podcast control. Because it's like, I think I've said this before, where when it gets further out, I can't remember exactly what we've said and talked about. And so in my head, because, you know, obviously women are hard on themselves, um, I'm like, oh, I definitely said something really stupid or, you know. Well, for me also, it's good to re-listen to it because... Then, first of all, when we finish, I literally couldn't tell you at all what we talked about. Yeah. Honestly. And that's – it's good that you write the summaries <laughs> because I honestly, every time I'm like – I have I would have to listen to it, like, a, a, for a few sections to be able to even say anything. Um, and so then for us to, like, tie in with social media, it's like, it's oh, tough. yeah, here are a few jokes that I now remember because <laughs> I've heard it again. So, um. I don't know, I think, I think that's, like, most of Catch Up Corner. I know. It's a pretty gray day. Not a fan. A gray day? Yeah. yeah I I enjoy... I got up really early um, mm. this morning, because um, I had a volunteer shift, mm-hmm. and was, like, reading the book with, like, the dawn light, oh, and it, nice. it, it felt, like, very nice. That is nice. So I was, I was reading it this morning day. as well, and I enjoyed... This book is very... If we can just dive in. We're yeah. the first... We're doing the first 122 pages of Call Me By Your Name by, mm-hmm. what's his name? Andre a- 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 Aciman? Aciman? Aciman, maybe. Who knows? Aciman, where he's from. We should have looked up how to pronounce it. Probably Italy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I really, it's like, re- I wrote in one of the margins, his prose are like a hug.
1: Because they just yeah. feel like they're
0: kind of enveloping you and they're so expansive because it's written in first person from Elio's point of view. And so it's just like his thoughts are just so like deep and expansive, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this book, there there are a few books that make me feel like I'm on vacation mm-hmm. and this is one of them. The Awakening yeah. is another one that <laughs> makes me feel like I'm on vacation. And um, country of the pointed furs is another one. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm really I'm really enjoying it so far. I was saying before we turned the record button on that I took literally no notes about this book because <laughs> I usually write notes to kind of remember plot points, but this has no plot points really. Yeah, like it's like mostly all internal. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of was like. I'll just talk about my feelings because yeah. well, that's I what mean, he does. That, I think mean, that's what this book is. It's all about – it's all the feels. Yeah. I love Elio. I just want to put him in my little pocket so nobody hurts him. I know, and you just it's know he's going to get he's hurt. He's going to get hurt. I know. But I don't want him to get hurt. I'm really worried about him. <laughs> I know. He's going to be fine. I mean, I think this book is also, for people who don't know, it's, it's basically about – A, like, 17-year-old boy who's coming to terms with his, like, sexual identity and, like, Mm -hmm. he's not sure. He definitely knows he's attracted to boys, but he doesn't know if he prefers boys and Mm -hmm. is kind of, like, trying to figure that out. And he's, he, it says he's, like, been attracted to men before this man, Oliver. Who's, like, an exchange, like, he's not an exchange student, but he's, like, a. He's basically doing, like, a fellowship. Yeah. He's, like, his dad's TA. Yeah. Kind of. But lives at their house. Yeah, so the deal is is they're spending the summer in Italy because Elio and his family have a house there, but it's a small village, so they really only spend their summers there. And his father is kind of a noted scholar, right? Mm -hmm. And every summer to kind of give back, they will, like, host another scholar. And it's usually, like, a young person, and so they can kind of live in Italy and, like, work on their um, book or their scholarly project. And in exchange, they just help their dad with basically clerical stuff. Yeah. And it create usually creates a bond with those people and the family. And it sounds like a great deal. For them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the family or for the student? For the – Well, the- I mean – For the family if the person is good but for the student especially yeah and so this summer they've taken in oliver who's uh, like a a 20 year old 24 year old american adonis Adonis. (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) which that's all i can think of in reading this is because I know Army Hammer is the guy who plays Oliver in the movie, and how perfect that casting is. Have you do you know who Army Hammer is? No. And I I will say this too. So I dove into this book number one with no friggin' clue what it was about. Number two, no idea what the movie is about, <laughs> which I'm sure they're about the same thing. But like yeah. I didn't I don't know who's in it. I don't know a damn thing about it. And well, in my movie cover or like my book with the movie cover, so that's Elio. That's the front one. Yeah, that's Timothy. Oh, he looks like a baby. Yeah. And then that is Oliver. But okay. you can barely see him. But it's like, I think he's perfect casting. Because it's like, he's supposed to be like, the mom calls him like the cowboy and the mm-hmm. movie star. And I think like that's perfect. And he's played a cowboy and a movie star, I think. In the okay. Past. okay. Have you ever seen The Social Network? Yeah. He's um the Winklevoss twins. Oh. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just just to celebrate a movie I have seen. Yeah, I know so that's what I <laughs> um, It was like probably not. This isn't gonna go my way. I have seen it. That movie also has Justin Timberlake in it. It does. So, um, but I feel like that's maybe we should start doing this. Do like a quick summary of what the book's about. Well, remember, I feel like it was um our second book or something. I said we should start reading the back cover, and I always consistently forgot well also like the back cover of this like is it's just is praise this long like i mean that's i'm mean, that's not helpful our summary was much better yeah but anyway so basically this kid shows or this man shows up and 17 year old elio is very smitten he's infatuated and but it's basically like his internal like interpretation of Oliver's actions and what they mean and what mm-hmm. they don't mean and whatever and his like fantasizing about different things. Well, because at certain points it was almost confusing as to whether would, they were having sex or not, right? Or like whether it was a dream or not. And even he says there was one thing where something happens and he writes it down in his diary, or it was something like "You'll kill me if you you'll kill me if you stop" or something like that. That he yeah. imagined Oliver saying to him, or he dreamt it, and yeah. then he writes it in his diary, but he says that he neglects to say that he it was a dream. It. Yeah. Um, well, I thought at one point that Oliver had actually come into his room mm-hmm. and, like, basically had sex with him while he was asleep. Which, which can't do that. Which is not, n- there's no consent there, Oliver. No. But it didn't happen. I mean, it's, right. it was a dream. So, you know. Or that he, or was it, um, I almost said Timothy. Um, that Elia was pretending to be asleep in his dream. Cause he, he was, was aware. He was was per- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, he was. But still, but to, to Oliver, Oliver. Yes. Yeah. Uncool. But it didn't But happen. it didn't happen. It was a fantasy. So, anyway. Do you think that it's... So, he says that Oliver is, like, 10 years older than him. Which means that he's 27. I thought they said he was 24. There was somewhere, I swear, it said that he was 10 years older. But maybe that was he was just assuming but he's a teacher at Columbia. He wouldn't be teaching at Columbia unless he was TAing. But I think he's still a student. Like I think he's still He's still like working like, on his degree. Maybe. Because I'm not okay with it if he's 27. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's like it's it's tough. I mean, here's the thing. I care less than I would if it was a woman. Like if it if if Elia was a woman and he's 27 and she's 17, I think that's wrong. And gross. Yeah. But for some reason, if it's a 17 year old boy, I care a little less. And I feel like that's wrong of me. Well, and it's kind of. So it's like very common. I was listening to this podcast. um, Oh, what is it? I think it's called Criminal. Have you listened to it? Mm -mm. It it was an episode about. a boy who was in high school who had a relationship with his teacher or his, like his choir director. Yeah. Yuck. And it, it was yuck. I mean, that guy was like in his 40s Ew. and like it was a boarding no. school. See, and so, that, that age difference is Okay. Broken. It was a boarding school and he ended up like moving in with him uh-huh. like and so everybody knew it was happening and like nobody did anything it was kind of all this stuff yeah. but in that podcast um the guy said honestly like it was incredibly normal for like yo- a younger gay man mm-hmm. to be basically taken in by like yep. an older gay man and sort of like taught the ropes and like you know introduced into the gay community mm-hmm. and um anyway so it's sort of like on the one hand it's like we have these ideas about consent and mm-hmm. like, I mean, Elio is like right on the border of that age yeah. of consent. And so it's also the 80s though. So it's like at that point, I don't know what the laws are, like what, yeah. you know, what the cultural norms are in that yeah, area, what the deal, like what the deal is. is. Um, but because Elio's family, they're Americans or his mother was grew up in Italy, but it said that they were expatriates. But I think he spent most of his life in Italy. That seems, I don't, I'm not sure. But I think, I don't know. I think they're Italian American. But they live most of their lives. And And they they live, they at least spend their summers in Italy, but it hasn't been fully clear about where they spend the rest of their year. Well, they also don't refer to any city by its name, it's only by letter. And so it's like also very hard to locate exactly where they are. Jane Austen does that sometimes too. But I feel like that's to push toward, like, a more, like, it doesn't matter, like, don't get bogged down by those specifics or details, because I think the writer probably doesn't want to be, yeah like, criticized for saying, you know, oh, that town doesn't really look like that or doesn't have that, you know what I mean? They're not doing, you know, he's not deciding he doesn't care about it. Like, Homeland clearly doesn't care about what D.C. actually looks like, (laughs) right? Guys, it's season seven, and they still there's there's a shot at the end of season six where Carrie is supposedly looking down the National Mall, and there are like all these there's like this fountain and these bushes that are not anywhere on the National Mall. I'm gonna turn my heater off. I'm afraid it's gonna make a really loud noise on the background. Okay. The heater just turned on for your reference, which is why Cher said. That. Well, I'm flipping through now to see if I underlined where it said that he was 10 years older, but maybe he was just estimating, which that would be okay. I feel like I read that he was 24, but like I also am not going to swear by it. But I do think in casting, um, I think Army Hammer looks older than 24. Yeah. And he looks... Because I was asking, um, Quentin has seen this movie... And one of the things that I was kind of concerned about, I was like, they kind of... He looks like a lot older than... Elio. Tim, yeah, than okay. the guy who played Elio. And so I just, like, is that weird or... Okay, he said no. I just Google that He's 24. Oh, um, Oliver's supposed mm-hmm. to be? Okay. Oliver's 24. All right, well, then so, I have no problems. Well, but it's like... But I guess that's the question, though. It's like... Like, let's put this in America in 2017 this kid's 17, he's t- almost our age. Mhm. Do we not have a problem with that? I mean, I just think I think it's a little weird, but I think like Helio is very clearly mature for his age. Um I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's it's not something I, I I do not have an issue with their relationship specifically no however, I think it's a bad idea in the sense that he um, Oliver is a guest in their home. Yeah and, you know I feel like that could create but I feel like that's because um, Oliver is resistant where we are in the book Oliver is being resistant to their relationship because Elio kind of finally admits or makes it. Semi-clear that he is interested in Oliver sexually and romantically. Yeah, in the vaguest of terms. But yeah. yeah. It's very sweet. Um, and he's like, you know why. And he's like, why? <laughs> you know why. Um, <laughs> but Oliver's basically like, we can't. It's a bad idea. Right. And that could be for a number of reasons, I think. It, like, partially their age difference, partially that he's living in his parents house and that's kind of maybe bad manners like like if and I keep thinking like if Elio were a 17 year old girl I'd be like what a fucking asshole like you can't just go into someone's house and fuck their 17 year old daughter right when they're giving you room and board and intellectual stimulation well it's also very interesting because Elio's parents are incredibly laissez-faire about Mm -hmm. like Elio's sex life with women like, they're yeah. like, why didn't you fuck her? And he's, like, yeah. very open about it. He's like, yeah, like, we made out on the beach and, like, we went could've. swimming naked and I could have if I wanted. And they're like, why not? Yeah. If, and I'm then like, he said, if it's th- that same girl, what's her name, Marizia. M- marisa Okay. I think. I think in Italian it might be Marizia. Maurizia. mari Mariz- But there's no I. like. I know, but I just think that that's how they would say it. Okay. That's honestly how I read it in my head, but I did sound it out and I'm like... Okay. <laughs> um, we can he call that yeah, if yeah. we want to. Um, he was basically like he was making out with her at this uh, later on, and when they like, have sex, this yes, time. Okay. and he was like, I could bring her back to the house. Honestly, no one would care. And I wrote my book, really. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, the, the, like they also are just very open about sex. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because. While they're open about, like, heteronormative sex, Mm -hmm. Elio is terrified to tell his family. And we don't really know necessarily what the reaction would be of his family if they knew that, like, he really is interested in men. Yeah. Their housekeeper, he said, would leave. And his father, he said... No, but she knows, though. He thinks she knows. But is and that and she feels him bad for being him. paranoid? Well, that's the thing. We don't know. Like she he basically observes like his their housekeeper like observing him and um and thinks like she knows and she feels sorry for me basically. But I think that might be slightly in his head, but he also could be right. But I think that's how it, it's hard to read anything in this book by not being like this might be you Like, very much blowing something out of proportion that Mm -hmm. is not important. But isn't, that's what I really like about it, though, because I feel like that's so, especially when you have something that you don't know how to feel about and you're afraid to tell anyone, you're all the time going to be like, do they know? They must know. Because it seems so obvious coming from you, because inside it's like you're, like, screaming it, basically. Right. And so it seems insane that somebody just doesn't see right through you. I also think that this book is incredibly relatable, like, for anybody who's been 17 years oh, old no. and, like, infatuated with somebody. Right, and I think that's what's so brilliant about it. Like, it's such a it's such a good move to make it in first person yeah. because it ceases to matter what gender Elio is. I mean, it matters a great deal because a lot of this book is about him coming to terms and, like, having a sexual awakening and exploring his sexual identity. Like, I don't want to insinuate that it doesn't matter that this is about a gay romance because I think it does a great deal in that, you know, it's really lovely and striking. But I think what's great about it is that you empathize with Elio so completely. Like, you don't... If you did it in third person, I think you would separate yourself from Elio too much. Yeah. Where it would be all the time hitting you in the face that this were... that this is two boys. Right. Whereas this, it's like, since you're so in his consciousness and you're so, it's like, it it's so universal. Right. And it doesn't, it's not like wrong or not that I think it's wrong anyway, but it's like someone who might not be as comfortable with a homosexual romance. It's like, I think that it that it, this would be a good book for them to read to see how universal and like lovely it is. Well, and it's also, it's just the same. And normal, It's like the the experience of infatuation is the exact same. Yeah. And I think, I don't know. I I also think it's interesting that both boys are, um, like, I think this book is interested in that sexuality is very fluid or, um, like, on a spectrum, where it doesn't, you know, he, in, like, a span of 20 pages... He's, si- Elio is sick over how obsessed with Oliver he is. He hangs out with Maurizia, is very, like, into her, has mm-hmm. sex with her. I was, however, grossed out by, he says he has sex with her on this beach where a lot of people hook up and that there are always condoms washing up on the shore. Yeah, that's gross. That's disgusting. Um, dispose of your condoms the right way, please. In the garbage. Yes. <laughs> Don't let them go into the ocean and, and kill birds. I know, and probably fish. <laughs> yeah. That's foul. Keep Italy nice, please. Um, But yeah, he's like really into her and it's not, he's not forcing himself. It's not fake. And that's also like, what's great about that too is that that's also confusing. Yeah. Because life, even in Italy, clearly, is so, humanity likes things to be binary. We like, you know, man, woman, Mm -hmm. gay, straight. And so it's confusing to Elio that he kind of has these strong feelings for both genders and that, but then he, like, has these really strong feelings for Oliver, and so he's like, do I prefer men then? And it's just like, I just want to put him in my little But I think he, I think he also doesn't know, though, either, because Mm -hmm. he also has not had sex with Oliver. No. I mean, like, he's like, am I just, like, wondering what it would be like, or? And so I think there, there is this, like, sense of, number one, I'm obsessed with you. Number two, like, I need to have this experience so I can know one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think, which I think, I don't necessarily know that experience will clear it up for him either. Yeah. Well, and it's so clear, too, that his feelings to Oliver are lust ones. Because I don't think he knows Oliver very well. Like, he knows him in that he's, like, studied him very intently. Right. But it's not, like, Oliver is not very loquacious. And so it's, like... Well, they just haven't really talked that much, right. and also everything, every interaction between him is so, like, carefully curated by mm-hmm. Elio that it's very hard to know if Oliver has like a good sense of what Elio is actually like. Yes, because it's so deliberate mm-hmm. and manipulative, mm-hmm. and and I think I mean it's also so. 17 year old in love Mm -hmm. I mean like the crap that I used to do In high school (laughs) was absolutely Insane like I Like knew my love Interest's class schedule And what I would do is I would Arrange to like leave the bathroom And walk past Mm -hmm. his classroom So that he would see me and be like Like hi I'm in your consciousness (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's like You are a psycho and you need to slow down Well and the other thing that adds Problems to that is because it is a homosexual romance. Elio has to question also if Oliver would ever be interested in a man. Right. And so there, it's like a double layer of are you interested in me and are you interested in men in general? Right. And there's a point what I thought was really interesting where he said it would almost be more of a betrayal if Oliver went out and had sex with another man. For sure. Because it's like he could handle it if Oliver was just like, I don't swing that way. Mm -hmm. But if he were interested sexually in men and wasn't interested in Elio, that's the worst case scenario. Right. Which I think is very real. Well, and I think he's also very not jealous of the fact that, I mean, we don't actually know that Oliver is sleeping with women. Yeah, I actually don't think that he is. I think it's just Elio being like, obviously he is the hottest person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) i mean... Yeah, I mean, I guess... He might have hooked up with, like, a couple people, but I don't think he's getting around in quite the way that Ilya thinks. thinks he slept with everyone in town. So, um... (laughs) Which, like, I don't know if that's just because he thinks that, like, you know, women just would not be able to resist him. So, obviously, everyone slept with him. (laughs) But, um... (laughs) But I think he's, like, even if that's true, like... I'm not jealous of that. And, like, the right. idea of him with other women actually is, like, arousing to him mm-hmm. rather than, like, envy mm-hmm. creating or whatever for him. Yeah. Um, One thing that we do know about Oliver that I love is that he's very close friends with that little girl that has leukemia. Vimini. Yeah, she's a is sweet... Is that how you say it? Vimini? I, it's not, I like that, so whatever. let's go with it. But I love it. Yeah, I like her, too. Well, and, and it's interesting to me that Oliver confides in her... And tells her that he is interested in Elio. Oh, right. And, like, so she's, like, actually, Elio, like, I know you're obsessed with him, but he's actually even more obsessed with you. Yeah. And Elio's, like, I've seen literally no evidence to support that claim. (laughs) (laughs) What do you know, Vimini? (laughs) You only spend a lot of time with him in a day. Right. Well, and I think it's, it's really interesting to, like, listen to his thought process for, like, how he shows like emotion or whatever mm-hmm. so like with his parents he's like I don't want to seem like I have to agree with everyone that he's very handsome yeah because if I disagree then it would be like mm-hmm. doth protest too much yeah but I don't want to be too effusive because then mm-hmm. it's gonna seem like I'm a little too interested so like I gotta balance this just right yeah yeah Or, like, I can't ask where he is because I don't want to seem like I'm worried that he's gone. (laughs) But then if I don't ask, then it seems like I'm not interested. And, like, then I'm, like, acting like I don't care too much. And then it's obvious because I'm acting like I don't care. It's just very exhausting. I know. Poor Elio. There was one section, now that I'm, like, flipping through the book to see stuff that I underlined, where, so the father invites um, different people over for dinner all the time. Yeah. So that... Like, the person visiting can kind of meet new people and network and whatever. And there was this one guy where the father, like, is like, oh, he's like a witty man, like, pretty clever. And Oliver doesn't think so. And he says, his humor is uh, nothing more than a way of winning people over. He can't persuade. If you look at him when you're speaking, he always looks away. He's not listening. He's just itching to say things. He's rehearsed while you're speaking. And wants to say before he forgets them. How could anyone into? Oh wait, no, that's Elias' thoughts. But it should have. I should have stopped talking when it said he was speaking and wants to say before he forgets them. And I underlined it and I was like, oh fuck, what would Oliver think of me? <laughs> I relate to that so much. Like, he his humor is nothing more of a way of winning over people that he doesn't know if he can persuade. It's like, oh. Wow. Well. No. I think that's fine in a personality way. I think he just doesn't like it in like a business way. Yeah. It's like false gravitas. Yeah. So I was like, I guess I get it, but I don't know that I want to meet Oliver now. I feel like he would be very critical. Yeah. To others. But Elio's critical of people too, which is why they're kind of well matched. Yeah. I also like that Elio like Elio is so observant of everything that Oliver does and then draws these like conclusions about things like his bathing suits. Like Mm -hmm. he he associates those with like different moods. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well, blue means he's going to be really nice to me. Red means like he does not give a fuck about me. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's and then like, and then once he's like very solidly happy in that and just waiting for a blue dough, he he proves him wrong and ruins his theory. This part I just wrote E, by because I was, like, so delighted. It said, (laughs) I'd made it clear I'd intercepted it. I'd made, after I made it clear I'd intercepted it, would indict him even more. So he smiled to confess he'd been caught, but also to show he was a good enough sport to own up to it and still going, still enjoy going to the movies together. The whole thing thrilled me. It's like when he invites him to go to the movies later. Oh, yeah. And Elio surmises that it's because he's heard the parents kind of always on Elio for not going out more. Yeah. And Elio kind of knows that that's why he might have invited him and like it's like they kind of catch each other at their games and I just love the idea that he was like, I was thrilled by it. Well, and I think, like we obviously don't have this book by Oliver's, from Oliver's perspective, Mm -hmm. but I think we're starting to get the idea that Oliver is playing just as many games Mm -hmm. as Elio is, but Elio is not reading him correctly. Mm -hmm. Or like or I think near the end, he realizes, like, oh my god, like, he's been doing the same thing that I've been doing, and it's been working on me. Or, yeah. like, he's ignoring me mm-hmm. so that I'll be further drawn in. Yeah. And then, or, like, he, he, he basically, I think it's when he's with Maritia. Maritia. Yeah, yeah. And he thinks, like, oh, well, I'll just make it seem like that's been the case all along, when he's like, oh shit, what if that's the <laughs> case with Oliver all along? I know, I loved that. I mean... Oliver, for what we don't know about him, he seems hot as fuck. Yeah, he seems real hot. Like, in person and in personality. We're also seeing, though, through the ends of Elio, who worships literally everything he does. (laughs) So it's sort of, like, a little bit hard to know. But, I mean, I'm I'm sure he's hot. I mean, it seems like everyone else thinks he's hot, too. Yeah. Well, and there's that one moment where he was like, what are you thinking about? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, so he won't tell me. Like, oh, that's hot. That's cool to do. Yeah. <sighs> he just loves his apricot juice. I yes. also love apricot juice. Loved that. What am I now? You took some? Oh, okay. So I also think it's interesting that... Oh, so this book was written in, like, 2007. Yeah. But it's set in the 80s. And there's no specific thus far. It's, like, there's no real reason for that. Like, there's nothing really that dates the book as in the 80s. This could also be set in, like, the 40s. <laughs> yeah, it could be set in any time. But I think it's really interesting that it's in the 80s because I think when we think of gay culture in the 80s and the 90s, yeah. it's so... The shadow of the AIDS crisis is mm-hmm. so upon it. Yeah. And I think it's really beautiful to tell this lovely, sweet, like lusty and yet innocent story of yeah. these two men in the 80s because it shows yeah. like that's not what being gay was about or not right. the only thing. And so it, it seems like a very political choice, even though it's political in that it is so small in its significance that it's in the 80s yeah because it because it sort of does in some way feel not it doesn't really feel like a Jane Austen novel but it's Mm -hmm. it sort of feels like in the same way where I'm like just transported to a setting and like there really is very little like evidence of technology and it's a lot about sociability and yeah but at the same time if you told me that it was set in 2014 or 2018 I'd be like okay what year is it? 2018? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I maybe said I'm the wrong year earlier, but okay. who cares? Um, but yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I like that too. It just makes me want to go to Italy. Me too. Oh my God. Like, they just, just seem lounge. like they live, they live like the most luxurious life, like bougie life, bougie, bougie life But, like, also very simple. I know. I love that it's like, what do you do? Well, I enjoy jogging. I play tennis. um, Yeah, I work in my scorebook, transcribing music. I play tennis. I I go go swimming. I go bike riding. Yeah. It's like, could you be any bougier? Well, it's like, I mean, he definitely does not have a summer job. (laughs) No. He's buying books on his dad's tab. For other people. Yeah. Like, he's gifting books to all of his lovers on his dad's tab. Writing sexy inscriptions on it. (laughs) To both. Yeah, he's... He's playing the field. I feel bad for Maurizio. I feel bad for her, too. She's going to be bummed out when this all comes out. (laughs) But do you... So do you think that they're going to be openly together, though? No. I don't think so, either. I think it's going to be secretive and hot well, we only have, like, three weeks left with all of our I know! Like, I mean, I'm they, very they're, worried. they getting together. I mean, like, this is all coming to a head, like, at the very tail end of his stay. I know. And so there's not that much time for us to spend with him. Well, and where we left off, it was literally, like, he's coming to see you We left at, at good midnight. <laughs> no, it was, like, he was waiting until... It's literally the last bit we read was, or was midnight going to be midnight? What to wear at midnight. And then well, I realized I'd run up to it. Yeah. So Elio writes Oliver a note and basically said, like, I can't live with this silence. Because mm-hmm. Elio has now at this point kind of, like, revealed his true colors. And Oliver's, like, well, like, same, but, like, this can't happen. yeah And so Elio, after, like, the day after, or the day of sleeping with Maritza, lives this, yes. Maritza leaves this note that says, like, your silence is killing me, like, let's like, we have to talk or whatever, and then Mm. he sends a note, Oliver sends a note back that says, grow up, meet me at midnight. I know. Hot note. (laughs) I also, um, I love it when later he's, like, walking around and his friends ask him to play volleyball, um, and and (laughs) And he's like, no, thank you, I've been sick. (laughs) He had a nosebleed. (laughs) Oh my god, yeah, his nosebleed that, like, basically he claims that Oliver caused because it was just so exciting to be around him. (laughs) Well, Oliver was, like, playing footsie with him under the table and then his nose starts bleeding. Like, Elio, you're such a little disaster. Well, I think there also is, like, a a constant theme throughout the book is, like, having physical signs of -hmm. attraction and, like, basically, like, his body, like, betraying him. Yeah. And, um... You know, either it's the I nose was glad bleed or that it was pre-cum or whatever. Sorry to say that on this podcast. <laughs> I hope your dad isn't listening. <laughs> oh, no. And my mom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know I what? dislike how many times I've had to read the word cock well, personally. You know what? <laughs> like there are other words. I'm glad I'm not reading this in my mother-daughter book club. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot there's a lot of wet dreams in this. <laughs> Um, yes. But it's very, like, it's very, it's very real, though, and very I know. sweet. Like, um, I was reading the Paris Review last night, like a bougie, yeah, the bougie girl I am. And there was this, um, that basically this woman found this, jur- like, diary of this housekeeper mm-hmm. who, like, wrote in it religiously, and, um, this woman like basically decided to like put together a book in it because she was like a really beautiful writer and Mm -hmm. um but she also like had this um like lesbian relationship and anyway Mm -hmm. it's just like all like very interesting so I like read the excerpts of it and it actually very much reminded me of this book like not even because of like the gay connection but just like how very real it seems and like that's a diary so it's like you know the very mundane and like general Mm -hmm. daily things that just make it feel real and then in this, too, it's just, like, the complexity of a single, like, thing and all of the thoughts behind it, we, like, actually mm-hmm. get those, and that's, like, we don't often get that. Mm-hmm. Like, we're oftentimes, like, expected to, like, read that between the lines, mm-hmm. and it's very nice to have it, you know? Yeah, it's very now. lovely. I've also been watching Girls, which is another very real, gritty version, <laughs> version of Love, yeah, I have to say, I don't see you really liking girls. I actually enjoy it. Okay. I actually do. I just think there are a lot of things that happen in it that I'm like, this is horrible. But I yeah. also feel that same That's way about sex in the city. Yeah. See, and I think girls is more... It's more realistic to what life is really like. Right. Than Or like what some people's lives are really like than sex in the, Like, I think... Girls is more representative of probably more people's lives than Sex in the City is. Yes. If that makes sense. Agreed. Because I think most people don't have as much money or... Well, the thing about Sex in the City is that it, it's just not... Like, Carrie's lifestyle is not realistic with how much money she has. Right. There's, like, no possible way... Right. ...that she could live the lifestyle that she does with, like, what they say... Like, they say she has $200 in her savings account. And I'm like... No. Like there's no way. Right. Um unless she just is like drowning in credit card debt. Which probably. Which probably, but but like she has to pay rent on yeah. that like very cute apartment. Yeah. So who knows? Um, but I, I am actually I'm enjoying okay. girls. Um I am like pretty grossed out by a lot of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But I also think it is relatable to this time in our lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, wouldn't say it's really relatable to my life <laughs> or your life. <laughs> no. But um, some, I think some of the themes that are expressed are pretty universal, and then some of it is like... Some of it makes me feel like I did when I read Lena Dunham's book, where it was just like some of the ways that she was treated by men and then would kind of keep going. Like basically how... Adam is treating Hannah in season one it never made sense to me why she just kept going back because it's like I mean I understand why I don't I mean I get yeah it's like I guess if you think that that's how you deserve to be treated but it just so it always just ended up making me feel sad that that's how well I just thought she deserved to be treated I just watched the episode where she basically like calls him out and breaks up with him but then They don't actually break up. Yes. So I think that Adam really does. Adam gets a lot better in later seasons, I think. And he probably grows the most over six seasons than anyone in the show, I think. Okay. Um. But I also I think like base having read her memoir and having watched season like all the seasons of girls, I think Adam in the beginning of Girls is very much based on a relationship she had where this guy like treated her kind of bad and made her feel bad about herself, but she kind of just keep kept going back. And then I think they liked Adam Driver and like wanted to keep and they realized he could do a lot and was really talented. And so they really have like, to grow. Chuck Bassed him. Yeah, but like in a bet like in a more subtle way where it's like less like he was a rapist in this episode and now he's a good person. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, um, but I so I just watched that episode where she basically calls him out, and in that like sort of speech she gets him, she says to him, she's like, "I never have told you like it's not okay to treat yes. me like that." So how could you know? When she's got like the fucked up eyebrows. Yes, that, I yeah. really love that scene. But I th- but I think that that speech was really mm-hmm. it was a really good speech, and then she like goes back to him I like know. after all of that, I'm like Hannah. I know, girl. Yeah. But I, I also understand it. But it's it's just sad, too, because, like, there is that, like, very nice pharmacist who is very hot mm. that she, like... You don't think so? No, I wasn't interested in him at all. Really? I mean, I just think he's hotter than Adam Driver. Mm. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, But um, Adam doesn't look good in season one. Does he look good ever? Okay, know. all right. Um. But, I mean, this is horrible. I was going to say it, but, I mean, I think that there compatibly matched in terms of attract. like I think that well I think Lena Dunham is pretty like she's a cute girl when she does her hair right (laughs) well god it's so horrible it's not very nice Audrey but I think that's also sort of the point of girls though is that like she's supposed to be like a normal girl and like who's on tv yeah and like she does not look good every day yeah yeah And she's like, I hate working out. Don't make me ever do this. (laughs) I love that scene so much. Yeah, I think season one is definitely my favorite of girls because it's the funniest. And then my theory is that a lot of people were kind of critical of girls when it first came out because it was like, it's called girls and it's all white girls and all these girls come from very privileged families, like the actresses themselves. Like Marnie is Brian Williams' daughter, like, yeah. like the Beach Boys? No, like oh. um, the newscaster. Sorry, that's Brian Wilson. Damn it. Yeah. Whatever. It's, I wanted it to be a full circle. face sure, was the most shocked and excited I've seen in a long time. Brian Williams, is he the one who um, told all those lies? Okay. <laughs> he told one story that was embellished, but when he reported it, he reported it. the right. Basically, it was like he was embedded and... Like when he first reported, their like their caravan or whatever was attacked. Yeah. And he reported the story correctly, and then he went on Letterman like a couple years later, and he was like, "My plane was shot down," and but he wasn't in the plane that got shot down. And so it was basically like he just embellished the story to make it seem like he was more in danger than he was. But don't you think that's wrong? I think it's wrong, <laughs> but I think like especially I think if you a be... reporter. Okay, but, like, when he reported the story, he reported it accurately. Right. But I think it's a very... But, like, he was then telling the story later, and so it's, like, I just don't think that it really hurt anyone. Well, right, but if your profession is one that relies on your credibility... Yes, I think it damaged his credibility. But I think in terms of, like, what other people do in his industry... Okay. Like Matt Lauer, you mean? (laughs) Like Matt Lauer, like Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. Yeah, okay. I mean, fair. Which is probably why he was allowed to be back on the news. But he did get fired from his anchor job. Who? Bill. Or not Bill. Um, Brian Williams. Okay. Alright. That's so, why we have Lester Holt now. Okay. So he is Marnie's dad. Yes. Okay. I think she's very beautiful. She's stunning. Yeah. I think Jessa is the hottest, though. Yeah. I think that's the point. Okay. But I, I also, you'll like this, when she was getting cast and was, like, supposed to be the hot one, she was also breastfeeding, because she had just had a baby. Jessa? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, in real life. I can't imagine was, like, her as kids. a mom. But she, it's <laughs> just because she's the worst nanny you've ever met. in your life. <laughs> um, I also really do like Shoshana. I know! She's so I cute I so and bad sweet. for her. I just watched the episode where she did crack. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. that episode. I love, I love that too, because... When Hannah sees Adam at the party and she's like, I haven't heard from him in so long and I was just getting used to the idea in my head that he was dead. (laughs) And I totally do that in my head where I'm like, well, you know what? They're dead. And then you see them again and you're like, shit, now I have to confront the idea that they exist and just were ghosting me. Which, monsters. Monsters all. Yeah, but I've tried ghosting people before, so... Well remember you asked me, like, is it okay to ghost, ghost somebody person. and what did I say? Yeah. Like, yeah, go for it. Fuck politeness. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I'm not saying like you should be a jerk. Yeah. But I think that like But if the only reason you're going to respond is because of politeness, I think you can just ghost. Like if you've never I was gonna say you have never met them in person, but I did. Whatever. But it's not like you even went on a date with him. No. I have ghosted one person in my life. Nice. I feel fine about it. <laughs> no regrets. No regrets. It was actually, it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, so in Sc- I was in Scotland and I also had a boyfriend at the time. So, like, <laughs> so I really had to ghost him. I had no choice. But um, it was uh, open mic night at this bar that we used to go to. And this guy like had a guitar and I was like, oh,
1: in I- Scotland?
0: Yeah, well, it was okay. open mic. Night. Yeah, I mean, like, he was there to play open mic. That night. is the perfect storm for it sounds like the hottest person in the world. Okay, he was not as hot as you would think. I don't know that he he was Canadian. He was not even Scottish, no, I was gonna and say, he was not. He's it was Richard. Not, he's Rob <laughs> Stark in my head, and I won't be convinced <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> he had brown hair, but so he played a Bruce Springsteen song. and I'm okay. like, okay, I would like to sing a Bruce Springsteen song. And so I, like, basically took off my um, jacket and just had a tank top underneath, <laughs> sidled up to the bar. Courtney Cox style. I Courtney Coxed him and was like, hey. And, like, sweet so we talked him at the bar and was like, I'm a really big Springsteen fan and I would love to sing. I'm going down. <laughs> and he was like, okay, like, let me just look up the tabs. And so, like, I um, – he, he bought me a drink also, so, like, I'm a monster already. I sang my song, and my friends were like, all right, we're leaving. I did give him my British um, burner phone number. Perfect. And then he called me 75 times that night. <laughs> and I just ignored him. Yeah. For, which, like, after, like, five calls, it's like, no. you are a psycho. You're a monster. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, it was, like... Number one, I have very limited talk time on my burner. <laughs> number two, though, like, you got to learn when I've ghosted you. Yeah, and you're a murderer. I probably would have, like, I probably would have texted him back eventually and been like, oh, thanks for playing for me. Like, yeah, so have a, fun. I have a boyfriend, though, so don't text me again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, after that, I was like, I can definitely just block this number because... Yeah. And hope I never run into him at open mic night again. And I didn't, so. I mean. But it's, anyway. That's good. So that's my, my story of a ghost. When, on my 21st birthday, uh, we met a guy from New Zealand and from Scotland at the oh. bar. And I, at that point, this was the last bar that we went to on my 21st birthday. So, like, if you can just gauge my level of drunkness, where Rachel and my friend Annika went to the bathroom, and I was like, I don't have to go. So they came back, and I was at the bar tasting beers because I told the bartender I didn't know what beer I wanted, and I told him it was my birthday, and he just had little shot glasses of beers for me to try. And Annika came back and was like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? And then so at the end of the night, um, I turned around to the guy from Scotland. I was like, have you ever seen Game of Thrones? because oh, no. all in my head like these were like older-ish men they were probably in their 30s too so it was like I knew I wasn't interested in them but I just liked that they were talking to us and I was like have you ever seen Game of Thrones and he said um winter is coming or something yeah. in my ear ew and I kissed like him on whispering? the cheek and Rachel's like we're leaving good <laughs> she's like you're done You're done here. Shut it down. (laughs) Shut it down. So. uh, Well, you know, for the best. Yeah. But I didn't start any fights on that. I I am the least big of a fan of people who whisper shit in your ear normally Un- I unwanted. do not like it but that, that day, we were at a you bar though so it was like if you're really I mean well if he said it just can you my yell face. in my ear then please like I don't want I don't want the whisper terrifying. Like, I know but like I like if you're whispering in my ear or, or like if you're trying to talk in my ear because it's a loud bar that's a one thing mm-hmm. but if you're whispering in my ear so like your breath is like yeah. trying to arouse me. I don't like it. Normally that's a huge bummer, but if you've had two I- Long Island iced teas, three <laughs> shots, a couple mixed drinks, and a couple beers, you're gonna be okay. Audrey, like, like why are you alive? <laughs> like you should have gone in your <laughs> made stomach. <no> sense. <laughs> I don't know though. Like that was youth though. Like I used to be able to have like seven drinks in a night and like still walk home in a straight line. I was. Cocky I can have two drinks now my 21st in my first birthday. Where, I literally remember telling people right before I turned 21, like, oh, I just, like, don't really get hungover. It's, like, only half We the probably minute. didn't because... I didn't. I literally didn't. And then after my 21st birthday, I got... I started getting hungover, and it was a nightmare. Now it's like I have two glasses of wine, and I have a hangover the next day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Whenever I'm hungover, I think of one episode of New Girl and an episode of Parks and Rec. And the episode of New Girl I think of is, you know, when they get the fancy man really drunk... Dylan McDermott, no, not Dylan McDermott, Dermott Mulroney. You know the episode, in season one, when Jess is dating that older guy, and he comes over and they play True American? Do you remember that episode? <sighs> but, like, the next day, he wakes up and he's, like, super hungover, and she's like, oh, I thought we'd go apple picking, and he's like, no, because the picking and the and the apple, and that literally sounds like hell. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think, like, it's the apple, and no. And then went in Parks and Rec after they all drink snake juice. And Ben comes in the next day and is like, oh, really? I ran a marathon this morning. And Leslie's like, really? And he's like, no, I threw up in my shower. <laughs> Being hungover is also the worst feeling. It's horrible. It's really bad. It's never worth it. No. It, like, it really honestly is never worth it. Mm-mm. so after Lauren's graduation party I had a hangover that would not leave me and it was like like a multiple day? No thank god but it was like an acid refluxy kind of hangover oh. too where it was just like I just couldn't eat the right thing that would make it go away I also just don't buy into that whole idea of like just eat greasy food I'm like okay that's like basically some man with a stomach of steel made that crap up see I do think like mcdonald's chicken nuggets will cure my hangover in like 10 minutes okay the only thing that will cure mine is like an ivy of coconut water (laughs) um it's hangover corner yeah hangover corner i hope you guys are enjoying this i kind of forgot that my phone was on for a second well isn't that the point of podcasting isn't it the point don't you just want to feel like you're hanging out on my couch at my house well, that's what we're doing. No, but I mean our listeners. Yeah. Don't they want to feel like they're on the floor, sitting on my cowskin skin rug, exactly. listening to us? That's exactly what they want. I know. All right, well. <laughs> I mean, do you have anything more to say about it? I don't know. that no. I do. I I mean, predictions corner, I think they're going to have sex. I think they're going to have sex, and I think they're not going to be able to tell anyone. It's going to be like a... like. Everyone has always said the movie is sad, so I think that he's going to be very sad when he um, leaves. Oliver leaves. He's just going to go back to America. And no. I really want to see the movie now, though. Yeah. Well, I just. I think we should the... watch it together. Yes, I agree. Um, is it we... in theaters? Or do you have to buy it? Um, have... I think it's still in theaters. It might be some limited We shopping. might have to go to some, like, hipster yeah. theater. But I'm, like, interested in the cinematography and their, like, fun Bougie clothes. I also like. I think this would lend itself very well to a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're gonna do all the internal like yeah. manipulation crap. Well, I think that's probably why Timothy Chalamet is nominated for an Oscar. It's he's I wonder just... if they're gonna have voiceover. Um, like that yeah. might be the way, or like diary entries or some shit. Who knows? Maybe. But I'm very excited to see it. Speaking of, um, after this we're going to back Black Panther. Yeah. So. Movies galore. I know. (laughs) So exciting. So exciting. So next week we'll be finishing up Call Me By Your Name. It's a short one. Also, so wait, so the next week. I think that'll also be, the Oscars will be that next Sunday after our episode comes out. Or wait, no. We might have missed it by a week. I think they're next Sunday. Who the F knows? I forget now. You're gonna be much more tuned in to this. They're in the beginning of March usually. Yeah, they're in the beginning of March. So we might have the so the last episode of Call Me by Your Name for our podcast will come out I think after the Oscars. So we almost timed it perfectly. Well, we at least started. Yeah. I mean, this will because this will post this Thursday, Mm -hmm. which will be before this Sunday. I feel like we should finish the book and then we should go see the movie, and and do our episode. So you feel, well, we have probably enough time. Yeah. Because this book didn't take me long to read. No, not at all. I literally started it yesterday. Yeah. I, I read 60 pages of it on the couch this morning, and it like, felt like a breeze. Maybe, so, yeah. um. Anyway, we'll figure out the logistics off air. But um... <laughs> <laughs> this is two episodes in a row now where we've just speculated about what we should do in the future. <laughs> Whatever. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit us up on the Instagram, the comments. If you have our phone numbers already, feel free to live text. Yeah, we love a live text. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Ciao.